Guys, I got something really special that's going to happen right here, right now, and that I'm going to, I have a guest and I'm going to be swinging to a different completely part of the nation right now. And this guest I met for the first time last, uh, last year, our mutual friend, brother, Jamie Galloway, who really isn't good for much. I mean, he's not, I don't know if you know what a troublemaker he is, but he's really good at relationships. And he's like, bro, I, I, I love how he talks, bro. You got to meet my boy up in Seattle. I'm like, really? Yeah, he's intense. And I'm like, okay. So I meet his intense boy up in Seattle. And uh, he invited me to come over to his church. And we did some podcasts. And we did some cool stuff together. We've been friends ever since. I since started following him. And when I say I do not know a better picture, I was telling you, I mean, our teams were in the midst of a hurricane, in the midst of a pandemic. On the Texas on the Texas Mexican border, which I those are three very dangerous scenarios, and are out there being the hands and feet of King Jesus in such an incredible way. But I want to tell you, I don't know a better picture of what it looks like to be the love of God in the midst of chaos and in the midst of a mess than Pastor Darren Stott. And I'm going to be going to the Seattle Revival Center where my good friend Pastor Darren Stott is here. Hello, my friend. Pastor Troy, how you be? I I be well. That's me, man. How about you? <laughs> man, I, I we're, we're doing we're doing amazing. Uh, all things considered, we're doing incredible. Uh, those testimonies, bro, that you were just sharing, that, that the, that's just that's absolutely incredible. The, the 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 resurrection miracle that was just absolutely incredible. Um, so I, I, I am blown. I'm blown away at what God's doing right now. I want to tell you a couple more. Can I just tell you a couple more real quick? Absolutely. Absolutely. The week after that, the girl that heads up our Celebrate Recovery, she had a surgery. And and during the surgery, a blood clot hit her lung, killed her dead. She flatlined and uh, was out for, I don't know, it was a long time. I mean, completely out. They worked on her, worked on her, worked on her, couldn't get her going, could her get a goer. Oh, my gosh, this is bad. They called us, we all prayed, and boom, the Spirit of the Lord brought life back into her. She left the hospital the next day. She's fine. We've seen two resurrections in the past three weeks at Open Door Church. And that I'm is not incredible. Making, it's, it's no exaggeration. I mean, it's medically documented that they were flatlined and they were out. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. Hey, uh, just, just, just pray that impartation over us in Seattle because we are contending for that kind of uh, manifestation of God's power here in Seattle. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't see it, Darren, because I honestly, you know, I called you last week or a couple of weeks ago and said, I I don't think I've ever been so proud of anybody as I was just so, you know, the English language, we use the word pride and it means a whole lot of things. A lot of times when I say I'm proud of somebody, I get all this hate mail from all these knuckleheads that are just like (laughs) pride goes before the fall. It's just, it's an English language thing. It means, 
It means I cherish who you are. I cherish our relationship. And I'm so happy that we know each other. And what I'm talking about is not just, you know, how you pastor and how you lead mm -hmm. and the things that happen at, at the Seattle Revival Center. But you guys have you guys have literally been on the front you've been on the front line of what I call the red horse season. Okay, so yeah. we've entered into the red horse season. We had the white horse season, then we had the red horse season. The black horse season is coming. That's actually a timeline. It's not just the four horsemen of the apocalypse. It's in the book of Revelation, but the book of Revelation is full of prophetic timelines. And when we entered into the red horse, which which happened on the day before the day of Pentecost, it was actually the same day as the the day of Pentecost because Pentecost starts at night, which was Memorial Day. It was the day that George Floyd was murdered and it was Memorial Day. And prophetically, what that means is prophetically, no, you have to remember this death. You have to remember that. And when I saw that, when I saw the day and then I said, dude, tonight Pentecost begins, I knew. Here comes the red horse. Here we go. And sure is shooting. Boom. And then a bunch of people have hijacked the social justice issue, you know, for their own agendas. And we all know that everybody's smart enough to realize that. And the reality is Seattle has been the very front line of that. And you guys actually saw a part of your beautiful city completely overtaken over overran that. I think they called it chop. Is that correct? Yeah, it started off as a uh, Chaz. And then yep. what happened was the whole Chaz culture turned into a big, crazy party. And uh, they were they were getting the organizer. The organizers were getting a bit embarrassed. So they renamed it to CHOP, which stands for Capitol Hill Organized Protest. And I can tell you this, um, being there for four days, uh, there was little to no organization up there. And in the final in the final week there, there was hardly any protesting. Um, it was a it was a, a lawless uh, area where there was uh, no government. Um, it, it was flat out dangerous. Um, but yeah, so they, they changed it to chop in order to give it kind of some mission back to what they were doing. But it, tur it turned into a total, uh, total train wreck. Well, the reason why you know that firsthand is because you decided to take your prophetic teams into that place, daytime, nighttime, and go in there and prophesy to those guys and to bring the prophetic power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the midst of that biggest mess of chaos I've ever seen. I, I, I want to quote you here. You said this. You said, sometimes you don't find the opportunity until you're in the middle of the chaos. I was like, yes, that was that was my team that was on the border last week when the eye of the storm came over. Right. And I, I saw that and I was so blown away at that because a big, huge part of your I want to say your brand or the face that Jesus has given you or the the word that God has given you has to do with cultural renewal. I know that that's you. And so now you've got this opportunity. So what in the wide, wide world of sports were you thinking, bro, to go into that? There's murder, mayhem, rape going on in there. And you're like, this is a great opportunity for us to go in there and love on people and to prophesy to people. All right, I'm ready to hear it. How did you, how did that build up? How did you get in there and tell us what happened? Sure. And so this is a lesson that I've been learning this year in 2020, the beginning of the year, the Lord spoke to me. Uh, and uh, actually it wasn't the beginning. It was, it was right when all the COVID stuff started hitting and I was going for a jog and I was, and I was just kind of like, uh, freaking out a little bit, right. Right. Like so everything was shutting down and I was just jogging kind of like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Right. Yeah, like, I, uh, I know that, I know that jog, and, not that I jog, but. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and the Lord spoke to me three things. He said, opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And I can tell you that in one of the craziest years that I've, that I've lived, um, 38 years on this, on this earth, this has been one of the most chaotic years that I've ever uh, had the opportunity to live in and to lead in. And one of the things that the Lord has been teaching me is that, is that yeah, in the chaos, that's where you find the opportunity. And so for a church, like this has been a banner year for us um, uh, financially, which makes no sense considering the major disrupt that this thing has been. Um, yes. Also, we've, we've been on the news four different times now, um, uh, including CHOP most recently. And so, um, and because of the news coverage, we've had people that started attending online and people even attend here in the services just because of the free, the free advertising. It's not about popularity. It's not about, um, it's not about, it's not about that, but it's, it's, it's this place. It's yeah. this place where when you begin engaging in real life atmospheres outside of church buildings, um, you will be noticed. And when you start to do things differently, you will be noticed. And so, um, uh, better isn't better. Different is better. And this is a year for the church to begin to find the opportunities in the chaos so that we can see the kind of renewal within the culture that our hearts long for. And so, yeah, how did it happen? Um, it happened through, uh, actually Charlie Champ, uh, who's one of my best friends, um, uh, harasses me, uh, daily, um, by text message. And he hit me up and said, um, uh, hey, bro, like <laughs> everything's bro. But hey, I, I want to come to Seattle. I want to go into CHOP. Um, you want to go? I said, absolutely. Let's go. Uh, nothing in me wanted to go. Cracks me up when a lot of people say, uh, you know, pastor, I can't do that because I don't have a piece about that. <laughs> um, that's a very popular thing that that believers yeah. say in the church. Like, no, yeah. pastor, I don't have a piece about that. I don't I don't I don't know where the scripture verse is for that. Um, I don't, I think that if we followed Jesus, like if we were one of the 12, I think there's a lot of things that Jesus would probably want to do, you know, that we just wouldn't have a piece about. And so, uh, that does crack me up. Listen, I did not have a piece about going into chop, but Charlie's one of my best friends. And, uh, if anybody was going to take them out, they'd have to go through me first. Right. <laughs> so the, the real reason why I went was to make sure that Charlie didn't get assassinated. And, um, and, uh, we went we went in with a team of people. I think there was around seven of us on Sunday night, June 28th, absolutely naive, absolutely have no idea uh, the atmosphere that we were walking in, had no idea that we were being monitored by cameras, that they had cameras installed all over CHOP, absolutely had no idea of an Antifa uh, sniper station that they had put on top of the East Precinct. That is the, the Seattle station. That, that, that the mayor uh, 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 basically um, uh, gave up, the, nice. the mayor, mayor Durkin in Seattle, um, basically emptied out a police station, opened it right up. The, the door to the station was, was left unlocked. And as a peace offering, because her philosophy is, if there's no resistance, there can be no fight. And so basically pulled any sort of sense of government off. The, a lot of people uh, throughout the nation, they think that there were these protests and that they came in they, and they kicked the police officers butts and they and they just and they cleared out that whole area. Absolutely not. No, like our local city government decided to 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 give up that territory just to just to give it right, just to give it right over to these people. 
uh, and everybody saw the interview with uh, with um, uh, uh, Mayor Durkin on CNN, where she, where when quizzed about this whole thing, she said, "I think this is going to be great. This is going to be like a summer of love." And uh, and I can tell you, going right in there on that first night, we're ministering to people. It starts to get hairier and hairier. Uh, uh, there are people on drugs everywhere. There are people on drugs with weapons. There was a guy, a guy with a shovel who every so often snaps and attacks people with his shovel. Uh, we saw people with um, uh, AR-15s, shotguns, handguns, uh, a guy on a motorized skateboard with a handgun that would go up and down the street beating garbage cans with his handgun. And so this was night number one going in. It was all Charlie Champ's fault. Um, and it turned into four days of miracles, salvations, and deliverances. Okay. So so you're in the midst of this, and I, you're in the midst of this unbelievable chaos. That you, I mean, you never knew you'd see this on American soil in your lifetime. And here it is. Boom. And, and, and you're there. And now you're going to have to bring the kingdom. Now, so what does that look like? Do you, do you just go in and then you like look for an opportunity? Do you, do people come up to you and you pay attention to who the people the Lord brings to you? Do you go to people? And then what do you do when you minister to them? What does that look like? Yeah. And so we go up uh, basically without any sort of strategy. Um, we, ju we just go walking right up into the right into the central area of CHOP where CHOP security is. And we, I didn't even know that. But we get up there and a girl runs out to meet us. Her first question is, are you guys cops? Because apparently we, we look like cops. You got seven uh, white guys that come cruising up into CHOP. Uh, it turns out that they thought that we were this very militant um, white supremacist group. That's who they thought that we were. They sent out this girl to begin quizzing us. And she says, are you guys cops? We said, no. Uh, who are you guys? What are you doing here? Um, we, we, uh, I don't remember what we told her, <laughs> um, but we're, we are not cops. And, uh, and then she begins to tell us things are getting very dangerous right now. Um, each night, women are being abducted. Uh, women are being raped. Um, homeless people are being attacked. Um, it's getting really crazy. And, um, uh, uh, and this, this thing is going down and when it goes down, I'll go down with it. I I'm willing to fight for this cause. I'm willing to die for this cause. That's the first conversation that we had that night was with a girl in her early twenties that saying, I found my reason to live. I found my reason to die. And throughout the four days, um, when we're engaging with the people that were actually in charge of this thing and the, the very end of it. Um, and then also going into the Portland riots this last weekend, we took a team just this last, we got gassed. It was crazy. We're seeing a, a, a very common theme. We're seeing a generation of 20 somethings that are being exploited. They've got a desire for justice. They want their life to count for something. Um, and, um, and, and they're, and they're going all in right now. And so I know it's very popular right now within the conservative camp to call names and to say these guys are idiots. And, but we've got to make sure that we're not word cursing the very harvest that troubled yeah. the heart of Jesus when he looked out on them with compassion. And yep. so that was the very first conversation we had that night was with this girl. The second conversation, the Lord highlighted this kid. Um, and, and, and I just knew, you know, you know, is this is just God. And so it was the very first guy that we actually ministered to. He's just a, a kid sitting down on this, on this concrete block. 
and we go over and we, and we just start talking to him. And I just asked him, why are you here? And then he starts talking and all we did was listen. And this is, this has become our strategy uh, for the last three weeks going into the different riots and protests. We go in, we ask a question and we just listen and you listen and you listen until God starts speaking. And then when God starts speaking, at that point, you've got enough trust built, you've got enough rapport built where you can kindly interrupt them and begin sharing with them the revelation from the Lord. And nine times out of 10, when you're sharing that pers that prophetic perspective, they start freaking out like, whoa, who told you that? The very first guy that we ministered to, um, he's talking, he's talking. And then I said, hey, bro, let me just share something with you. I said, the Lord showed me that you're a wordsmith. You've got away with words that you're really frustrated because you don't like how this whole thing is playing out here with CHOP. You feel like the narrative has been hijacked. But here's the thing is that God's actually given you a, an ability to put words together in such a way that it'll resonate with the heart of the generation. And that actually from this is actually going to come an opportunity. Actually from this is going to come a redemptive actual career opportunity is what I was, what I felt the Lord was saying. And, um, and he's freaking out. And then, and, 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 and I haven't, we haven't told them that we're Christians. We haven't said anything. Well, this is what's so fascinating um, is that without having to be like, we're ministers, we're trying to convert you without, without being any, he interrupts me and he goes, bro, pray for me. Be I don't know if he said, bro, everything's a bro for me, but uh, he, he said, pray for me. He puts out his hands in front of him. He bows his head and then our whole group comes around and starts laying hands on him. You guys, that was, that was Rio. Okay. That was river. That is the one where if you look at all of the all of the footage coming from Seattle, um, you will see him because he was the, he was the, the, the kid that was put in charge of chop for the final, for the final week there. Um, and so uh, you will see his, his stolen car, uh, his pathfinder you'll see um and i could tell you a lot of stories about this kid but the very first guy that we prayed for was the leader of chop for the rest of the four days whenever we get harassed we would just use his name because we had his blessing to be there and people would leave us alone um uh, also one time uh there's some guys that were starting to kind of, remarkable. Get, kind of get kind of rough with uh, charlie and, and alex and and rio came along and said leave these guys alone these are Jesus people. They're legit. Just leave them alone. Um, I know them. And so we've got, we guys, we had the leader of CHOP literally vouching for us, giving us his blessing to basically do whatever we want to do. They even, they told us we could come in and set up tents. They told us we could do literally whatever we want to do. That's crazy. Okay. So, so bro, prophetically, his name is Rio. Prophetically, he has a stolen pathfinder. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> Come on, nurse. Hello, nurse. Right. And then, and so, so one of the very first people that God leads you to who is just sitting on a concrete barrier. Okay. The prophetic picture of all of this happens to be, and you don't know that he's the leader of the whole thing. That's right. Until after you prophesy to him about he's a wordsmith. And that God has given him a, a, a he has a God given a God given ability to be able to, to describe how, how his path has been stolen, how his, this whole thing has been hijacked. Right. So that's, that's good. So, that's really so, so you had the blessing of the leader and you didn't even know that, it, that, that, that guy was the leader. He was just sitting there. And then because the Lord led you there, you mean that didn't happen while you were sitting in a hazmat suit in a bunker surrounded by toilet paper? No, that happened when you were out there, brother, on the front line, 
bringing the kingdom. That's crazy. Yeah. And the very first, the craziest part is the, it was the very first guy that we ministered to, the very first guy, and it just so happened to be the leader of of Chalk. Jesus. <laughs> you know, the other thing is, uh, here, here's the other thing. We ministered there for three days. On the third, on the third day, we knew it was dead. So on the first night, there was all this activity, a lot of activity. You could feel there was still blood in the veins. By the third day, it was still going on, but bro, it, it was dead. And, and people that were functioning and doing great on that third day, they were, they, they had lost their minds. They were, in fact, um, uh, we do know that there was drugs that were being given out freely at CHOP. We also know that, that there were lace drugs that were starting to get given out. And so, um, I don't know who would have done this or, or whatever else, but, uh, somebody got in there and got a lot of bad drugs in there because I'm telling you on that third day, it was not only dead, but people that had their, that had their minds on Sunday night had, had lost their minds. And it was, it was, and this is no exaggeration. It was like a zombie movie there on the third day, the way that people were walking. And whenever we would minister to people, demons would start manifesting. Uh, one of the, it's actually kind of a funny story. Uh, Charlie and I were ministering to a young couple. Uh, he was rolling a joint and she was pregnant. And, and, um, and so we're ministering right when we go to pray across two football fields, we're actually on this huge park. A guy starts screaming and walks like a zombie 200 yards towards us screaming. And it happened the moment we started praying. So on that third day, we knew this thing was dead. It, it was dead. It was like the living dead. And then the next morning we saw on the news that the police were there and they had, and they had cleared it out. We literally got to see the, the end of chop. We got to see chop get chopped. And we were down there on that final day when, uh, when the police restored the city, we went down there, we, we began cheering on the police. We began thanking them for coming back. We told the police that we were praying for their funding. They were so appreciative, but there on the, there on the, the, the line, the protests started to fire up again. And we saw Rick, and I was surprised that he didn't get arrested. Rick was the head of CHOP security. He's an older guy. He's got a firearm right on, on, on his side. And so I was surprised to see he hadn't been arrested that morning. And he was right there on the front, front line, stirring up a lot of chaos. He had his blowhorn. There was, there was hundreds of people starting to gather. The media was there. And Charlie and I walked right up to him. And we're like, hey, can we pray for you? He said, yeah, that would be good. And he, he walked away from the, from the front line. He left the front line. He went to the back of the mob. Um, and, and, and there's a bunch of media people that followed him. And we began praying for him and prophesying with the media, taking pictures all around us of us laying hands on, on Rick. And as we did, he said, thank you so much, you guys. He said, I am so tired right now. I am so tired i need rest because that was the whole thing of us just praying for rest and recovery and for there to be a recalibration of mission for his life and so that was um so we got to see the thing shut down but even in the final moments of it the lord was still was still setting these incredible opportunities to minister to these influencers within this very oppressive scene right now so i i'm, I'm just listening to everything that you're saying and i mean i i don't know what it was like being there and i'm not going to pretend like i do i i but i know what it's like to be in the midst of chaos 
and the spirit of the Lord be leading you from here to there and just seeing heaven explode in areas in the midst of all this hell and in the midst of all this mess. Um, I, I also recognize, and I got a couple of things I want to tell you that happened with us last week, but, but I, and again, not to compare that, but to show how the spirit of the Lord is being poured out. Like, like uh, we were doing the homeless outreach in downtown Fort Worth uh, last weekend and we ran out of ice and uh, there was more than 700 people that we were feeding. We had 400 or 500 people there actually feeding people and lots of little outbreaks of the Holy Spirit, lots of crazy things happening. Ran out of ice. Friend of mine goes down to go get ice. As he's going in, there's these three guys that look like they're selling drugs on the side of this little convenience store. And the Lord tells him, go over there and go share your testimony with him because he used to be a meth dealer. He used to be uh, addicted to meth. He spent years and years in prison, got out, became a Jesus freak. And now his ministry is helping people get into rehabs. Wow. And wow. the Lord told him, and he was actually scared of him. He was scared of him. He's like, man, that those guys look like they're fixing to kill somebody. He literally got the ice and 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 drove off and the spirit of the lord convicted him so much that i told you man go back and do that so he turns around he goes back darren and he goes back and he pulls right up to him and just jumps out and you know this is an urban setting these are african americans this guy is white and he is a cowboy he's got boots all the way up past his knees and he's just like this is not gonna go well but nonetheless the spirit of the lord convicts him he jumps out and he goes over there to them to him and just tells him the spirit of god sent me here to tell you that you can get off of drugs. I got off of drugs. I'm not accusing you of anything, but I'm. But I want to tell you my story. He tells him his story, and the biggest, meanest looking, most fearsome one out of all of them began to weep, and he began to tell him, "I was just telling my friends right as you pulled up. If I don't get off drugs, I'm going to die. I've lost my mom. I've lost my kids. Wow. I've lost my wife, and I'm just telling them I got to get off drugs, and I have no hope for getting off drugs. What can you do?" And he said, "Well, first thing you need is Jesus." They literally prayed right there. I mean, the guy's like, pray for me, just like what you were just saying. He didn't have to, you know, walk him through, you know, the Roman roads of salvation or whatever. That guy, the guy literally said, please pray for me. And he said, okay. And he prayed for him. And as soon as he prayed for him, this man said to him, can you get me in a rehab? And he said, well, and he, and he immediately thought it takes months to get into rehab, but he calls down to Houston, which is a four and a half hour drive from us. And he calls down to Houston and says, when do y'all start your, your year-long program? And they said, tomorrow. And they said, okay, uh, can, is there any way to, that you have another bed? And they said, if you can get him here by 10 o'clock tonight, he can get in the year-long program. He just took him. He said, he said, this is your opportunity, brother. Let's go. And he said, bye. And he hopped in the car with him, took him to the bus station. They sent him to Houston and that morning he was selling drugs that evening he was saved and he was in a rehab that's incredible yeah that that's incredible. what's going on on the streets right now that's that's the opportunity that you're talking about and i'm listening to your stories and i'm just i'm wanting a ball and i'm wanting the ball because because if if the revival that takes place now doesn't look anything like what it's looked like before history proves that the people who tend to reject the next revival are the keepers of the last revival. And I'm just like, my goodness, we have to catch this. Absolutely. And one of the things that we have to pay attention to right now is everybody agrees there's a massive war that's taking place and that there is battle variances from city to city. For example, 
Portland right now, like the eyes of the world are on Portland because we've got the federal police and army there in Portland. And you were just there. You were just there. Yeah, right? and we, we were, we were just there. And, and so the battle in Portland is a radically different battle than the battle in Seattle um, that we were a part of. Radically different. Um, it is it, fascinating. And yet um, what these things, and there's a lot of similarities as well. I'm noticing that these battles are occurring in the cities. And, and here's, what, here's what takes place. The battle begins. Immediately, you got the media. The media, it's like the lights in the water. I don't know if you've ever been like um, scuba diving or snorkeling with the manta rays yeah, in Hawaii. But they, yeah. they, they, they turn on the lights, and the lights bring yeah. in the little fish, and then the little fish bring in the big fish, and then the manta rays come in. This is, what the, come this is the power of the media. Believers, we've got to stop word cursing the media. We've got to stop looking at the media. I know it's very popular prophetic words right now to say that the media is a demon and principality and whatever else. You can go ahead and word curse that, um, but you will only have influence where you have honor. And the church cannot afford right now um, to be making the media our enemy. Uh, uh, the media, you know, absolutely there's biases and there's agendas and there's whatever else. Uh, we we, we got to kind of figure some of this out, you guys. Um, look at what's taking place. You've got the city. Um, you've got a battle. The media comes in like a light. The lights attract more people. So as soon as the media comes in, the masses come in. The masses follow follow the media. And uh, and 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 I am not. I, I know of pastors that are going in and praying. I know of intercessors. I know of a lot of a lot of groups, right? Um, but for the most part, our revival expressions have been contained in the suburbs. Which means that to and, and now I know I, I, I know I make this isn't the, the case everywhere, but but for the Preach. most part, um, the, the expressive centers where there are active, vibrant manifestations of the presence of God on a consistent basis are not necessarily in the urban cores, and the cities are the cultural in uh, are the cultural wombs of our society. Um, the reason why these battles are in the city is because, and this has nothing to do with, with, with racial injustice. This has nothing to do with, um, with reform in the police department. This has everything to do with John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy Jesus. said, But I've come that you have life and life abundantly. Here's, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening below the surface. We see the weeds. We, we freak out. We've got to start getting a little more concerned about what's happening beneath the soil. Okay. Come on. And that means that we've got to untether a little bit from the Republican thing that becomes synonymous with the Christian thing. We've got to begin to look a little bit underneath the soil to see that this isn't just, this is, this is far, this is far more sinister and diabolical than any sort of Democrat agenda that there is an attack right now against, against culture, your culture, your history, your identity, your sexuality, your spirituality and your government. And I'm not just talking about the United States of America. It's, 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 we're seeing these attack against statues, right? And these different monuments. And wh why is that? Because there are these areas of shadiness and perhaps shistiness or whatever. And people say, because of this guy's thing that he did, we can, we cannot honor, we cannot honor him. But this is coming from the accuser of the brethren who wants to come against the statues and the monuments within your own life. You see, the enemy wants to come to erase the identity of not just our country, 
but against the identity of every person within humanity. That this is a very sinister, diabolical thing. And there are flesh and blood that are absolutely getting exploited in this time. So it is so important that we don't see flesh and blood as the enemy. That we go word cursing these people or that we that that we that we get sucked into all of these. We've got to make sure that the tables that we're eating at, that when we look up, we see the banner of the Father's love and not just the banner of the Republican Party or the banner of, of whatever party. Because I'm I, because um, this is not political, what's taking place. It, it is, but not really. It's governmental. And it's time for the body of Christ to begin to ascend against the, the political narratives that are so triggering i get triggered by stuff every day we've got to begin to ascend above that and into this governmental order that we are priests and that we are kings and we need to go into the battle we and, and not just to visit i am praying for revival centers um uh, uh, uh the, the ecclesia to begin moving into the city because we we can't just go in and 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 and, and do ministry uh, in the battle, we've got to go and we, we, we have to begin our own Occupy movement. It's it's so sad that everybody else is like, we're going to Occupy. And the church is like, yeah, that's uncomfortable. That's not yep. very, I don't want to do so, the drive. It's dirty so. down there. There's homeless people down there. And so um, uh, I feel a call right now, Troy, to see the, the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant brought into our cities and to remain and that we would see, uh, we would see, um, grassroots elites, influencers within these cities um, begin to put down roots so that we can we can begin to see uh, a true renewing of the culture and true justice, and, um, and and to see the recruitment of some of these these people in Antifa. Man, they don't even know what they're fighting for. They don't even know who they're fighting for. Six different organizations were leading the charge in Seattle. A, wow. a drug lord. These guys had no idea what they were doing, right. and it's because they want to be a part of something. I had a I had a very good friend of mine by the name of Will Ford the third. I don't know if you know Will Ford or not, but he's such a rock star. And he he challenged our congregation and said, "Look, I know that these rooms are messy, but don't leave the room. Come on. I know that there's a mess in all these rooms. I know that these rooms are offensive. I know the people in these rooms are offensive, but don't leave the room." And Come that on. resonated with me. And here's the deal: you mentioned this at the beginning how uh, how unbelievably irresponsible it's 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 offensively irresponsible that the mayor would give up territory and just turn it over to the devil just that's exactly right. like that and that's that right. that is a theme that's going out right now and now i'm talking about church leadership how that the church leadership in america has given up territory and just said i'm just going to turn it over to them I'm just going to just, just, just let them have it because we don't like those people. Uh, we, I'm just going to go home, wrap myself in an American flag and watch Fox news 24 hours a day. And I let me, listen, I'm right wing of Attila the Hun. I am, <laughs> I am, dude, I'm a Texan, which means I'm an American on steroids. I'm out of my mind. I'm so right wing. However, I'm a kingdom man. Come on. I am, I am a kingdom dude. I'm, I'm not a resident of America that's going to be a part of uh, heaven someday. I'm a resident of heaven living in America Come and on. I have to be a kingdom guy and I have to love people and I have to take on hell with a water pistol and not be afraid. And I have to go, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause dude? 
you know, the, let the let the spirit of King David rise up among people, the heart that is after God's own heart and say, wait a minute, this is an opportunity. No, I'm not happy about this. No, I, I promise you, I'm not happy about it. However, this is on our watch. Are we going to abandon media? Are we going to leave the territory of media? Are we going to leave the territory of millenniums? Are we going to leave the territory of all these places and say, we're just going to abandon it? And meanwhile, we point our fingers at the mayor of Seattle and say, how grossly irresponsible. But dude, the church, the biggest churches in America have been shut down by themselves. Not That's not right. by the government. That's not right. by That's right. you know, in Texas, we have full blown carte blanche ability to be open right now. And there is a tiny fraction of us that are even open. I mean, in wow. any way at all. Well, we're gonna think about coming back in 2021 or whatever. Yep, the mayor of Seattle. The leaders of the body of Jesus are just like the mayor of Seattle. Well, if we don't resist, then they won't be mean to us. King. Jesus, let us repent of that spirit and go after it and be the people that God has called us to be. That's right. Well, that, yeah, that absolutely. A lot of, that's going to give me a lot of hate mail right there. I'll cry all the way to the throne room, I guess. So there's this there's this idea that if if the devil is using it, then it's it's the possession or an ownership of the devil. Therefore, it's demonic. And we and we should curse it and shun it and stay away from it. And what what happens when we when we say something like that is that we're actually subconsciously believing a, a major defeater belief, and that is that the enemy, the devil, is a creator. And that is that is wrong. Like so the, wrong. the devil has ridiculous. never created anything. It's uh, ridiculous. And all the devil is a perverter. So when yeah. we see the enemy using media, when we see the enemy using music, when we see the enemy using entertainment, when we see the en enemy using government, and then we say, well, he's using it, so it must be in possession of him. Therefore, we're going to, we're going to abandon our police station. We're going to abandon our city. We're going to abandon our church, and we're just going to let um, whatever he wants to do because because he's doing this like. Um, and, and, I, and, and here's, here, here's the thing I think we need to do as a church. If the enemy is using it, we should go after it. Yeah, we should go after because, it. Because if, if not the enemy is using it, he's using it for a reason. Yeah. So if the, the enemy is using it, we need to go after it. We need to yeah. get it. We need to take it back. And we need to use it because the enemy didn't create it. God created it for his own glory. So, that man, I'm so yeah. sick and tired of these prophetic words saying, you know, the, the demon of this, but they're not referring to a demon. They're actually referring to a cultural influencing agent. And you got all these Christians thinking the devil is this, the devil is that, you know, and it, no, come on. Well, that's, what, that's what religious people do, man. They see a devil in everybody and everything, and they never see the kingdom. They never see fruit. They never see transformation. And the reason why so many churches and so many ministries are sitting at home in hazmat suits right now is because they don't have a value for encounter. They don't have a value for transformation. They don't have a value for the presence of God. They don't have a value for signs, miracles, and wonders. And they don't even believe that a child can be raised from the dead after it was found at the bottom of a swim pool. They don't, they don't even believe that. So they have no value for that. And here's guys, that's, that's on us. I, I'm, I'm amazed at how Laodicean our the church actually is. And, and I mean, as a leader, I'm constantly seeing things in me that is actually like that, that I didn't know I was like that. And I'm like, Oh no, because 
because just like you're saying about all these things, I, the media bro makes me so mad and I am so disgusted with the media. I mean, disgusted with it the same way I'm disgusted with child pornography. And I think that a lot of people would feel the same way that I do about it here, but here's, here's the deal. The reason I'm disgusted with it is number one, it's no longer American. It is now Marxist. And I hate that. Number two, there's a Pharisee spirit that's in it. That's only looking for gotcha moments. It's there's literally a Pharisee spirit that's in the media today. But let me just tell you something in the midst of those Pharisees, there's a Paul that's going to change the world. And if all we do is hate them, if all we do is just if, if the only narrative we have is our hate is going to be bigger than your hate and our politics is going to be greater than your politics and our our, you know, our frontal lobes of our 50 pound heads are going to somehow be bigger than yours. Uh, I, we have do we got to bring the spirit of the Lord. There is a Paul in the midst of them that's going to change the whole world and we can miss the harvest because we don't like the harvest. Absolutely. You know, in uh, Matthew 9, um, yep. uh, this everyone's going to be familiar with this, but, you know, this is the Lord of the Harvest scripture verse. And it says in verse 36, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. So when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. And yes. his heart yes. was swelling and overwhelming yes. with yes. moving love for the masses. Now, look, why did he have compassion for them? because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. Jesus is looking out at the multitudes of people that are being exploited by a cruel master. And in this place, he says to his disciples, and I don't know if people watching, if you ever remember having a conversation with your parents when you saw that they were stressed out and you're like, hey, mom, dad, is is everything gonna be all right? And then mom and dad said, "Uh, hey, just, just pray. (laughs) <laughs> right just pray look at what jesus look at what jesus says to his disciples and this is jesus son of god works miracles and all this stuff yeah. right he says the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few i can hear jesus's heart breaking there too there's so much need harvest also being symbolic of treasure for a farmer you know yeah. uh, uh your yeah. your harvest is your livelihood and it, all this opportunity all this treasure but Jesus' heart is breaking. The laborers are few. They're a wall. They're a wall. Yeah, they're home. You know. Yeah, they're home. They're, they're on Facebook attacking Democrats. That's right. It says, and uh, therefore, pray. Jesus is like, pray. That is that is amazing. That, that is, is amazing. amazing. When Jesus, Jesus is looking is, at you're all right. of this need, good, because like with the whole bread thing and like like yep. like multiplying bread, like all of this, the the first miracle, they run out of wine. Like yep. need doesn't overwhelm Jesus ever, right? Like when Jesus sees need, he just provides for it. Yep. He sees all of these souls, and he's just like, yep. pray, pray, and and, and and pray and pray pray to who? Earnestly seek the Lord of the harvest earnestly seek the Lord of these harass that he's, he's associating ownership between these sheep without a shepherd and his, and, and, and the Lord, which is absolutely fascinating because most of us would never do that. Most of us would never look at these exploited, harassed um, people, the, these Marxists, these Antifa. Most of us are not looking at them saying, seek their Lord, right? Isn't that what Jesus is doing here when he says, seek the Lord of the harvest, seek the Lord of these helpless, seek the Lord of the harassed Yes. and pray for what? And pray for harvesters. 
Yes. Because this this isn't this isn't a problem. This is this is an incredible opportunity. Uh, this 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 generation of harassed, helpless, um, uh, 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 exploited kids. This isn't a problem. This is an opportunity. But we need laborers. We need harvesters. We need fishers and men. We've we've got to have a new mentality. Because bro, I don't know about Texas, but man, like oh. in the church for such a long time, we've tried to create atmospheres where people show up. Yep. And we'll, 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 it, we've tried to create these nail salons, these coffee house cultures. And, and, and instead of, you know, instead of creating atmospheres where God shows up, where hope shows up, because I'm telling you, when hope shows up, the hopeless will show up. And one of the things I love about what you guys are doing, Pastor Troy, is that you've decided that you want to create a culture of, of not just the harvest, but of harvesters. No, that's, not that's just for right. fish, but for fishers and men. You told that's me right. when you were in Seattle that the moment you guys decided that you're you're going to stop going after um, fish, but you're going to start going after fishers of men, everything yeah. radically changed there within radically your culture, changed. and that is yeah. a word for the church right now. Thank you, Pastor Darren. Hey, man, will you please listen? I again, I just want to just say one more time how how proud I am of you, man, for being so brave and for loving people that nobody else loves. You know, a lot of people will stand with me because we love exploited children and everybody else doesn't love them or we love the poor and everybody else doesn't love them. But I mean, you're loving Antifa. <laughs> you're loving the worst, the most radical of uh, the black lives matter people. You are, you're loving those people who are, and you're like, no, I'm going to love them and I'm going to go after them and I'm going to bring the word of God to them because they're on the wrong team and Jesus loves them. And I'm going to go after them. And I, I, I honestly don't know anybody else. I don't have a, I don't know anybody else that's doing that other than you, man. And I'm just, I know that there are, I know that there are, but I, but I don't know them. And I'm, I'm so grateful. Would you please pray? And would you please declare courage and purpose and this, and the lens of seeing the opportunity over the thousands of people that are watching right now? Yeah, absolutely. And I absolutely know what you meant, but just for, just for a clarification for people watching, um, I, hate antifa with a passionate yeah. and perfect hatred no i know because yeah it, um yeah. and so i just want i just want to say that um yeah and because of that i see antifa as this big in uh monster as this as this principality all of these tentacles and i want to save all of these little lambs that are caught in the tentacles of Excellent. this of this demon influence and all of the all of the earthly arms and we don't have to get into that but there are a lot of people being exploited by this demon and so yeah i'll pray absolutely i just wanted to say that awesome um, yeah father thank you for each Jesus. and every person that you have summoned to be a part of this broadcast knowing Jesus. that there's no one listening by accident i pray that the spirit of christ jesus which is the spirit of awakening would come right now would come right now and that you would waken hearts right now, that you would awaken people with love. Lord, that your love would come and awaken us. And Lord, anywhere there has been fear, fear that has crippled us, fear that has tried to frame out our identity, fear uh, that maybe we have put up with and now it's become hope deferred, which has become this place of counterfeit peace. 
where we say everything's okay, but deep down we know that we were created for more than what we're just doing here and now. And I declare there is more for you. For you watching right now, there is more because your hands were created by God to be the hands of Jesus. And your, your mouth was created by the Lord to express the kind of affirmation that would come from his heart and through your mouth that God in eternity past, he framed you and formed you for this year, for 2020. And so I declare of you, this is not the end. This is only the beginning. And it's time to wake up that now is the time to wake up to who you are yes. so that you can do what he has called you to. That God is for you. So who can stand against you? He has ordained you and anointed you. You don't need a Bible school degree unless you're going after that. And that's your thing and get that get that degree but stop using your earthly qualifications as disqualify as disqualifying factors that would keep you from manifesting the presence of God I declare a miracle working anointing for people watching right now I even see somebody um, with with stuttering issues being healed right now wow so father thank you for that there's somebody it's like a it's like a Moses thing this a, a huge leadership call on you but it's like you can't even really speak you go to speak and you just get everything and so I just declare healing right now and a fresh confidence right now. I just declare a leader, a fresh leadership anointing for you watching right now. I think you're involved in some sort of technology. I think that you're involved in some sort of technology firm or something. You're used to being in the background. The Lord says, I'm taking you um, from the back to the front. So Father, mm -hmm. I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Um, uh, uh, there's, like, there's like a young woman that's watching. And it's like there's a roar that's coming up in your chest right now. And it's like when you were young, uh, really young, something really bad happened to you and you lost your roar, you lost your voice. And, um, and, and the Lord says that he's coming to heal you so that he can reveal you and that the real you is going to come out and it's going to come out like a roar and the roar is going to bring healing. The roar is going to bring healing to your soul and to your emotions, but the roar is going to come up and out of you and you're going to bring emotional and spiritual healing to other people that have been exploited, even as children. So I just, I just prophesy to that lioness right now, the healing right now, healing and restoration right now. And also, I also declare over you, I prophesy over you, a fresh healing anointing. For anybody watching right now, you have felt powerless. You felt like there's nothing you can do. You, you, you've been praying for powerful people. I just break that lie right now that you are powerless, that you are not anointed for this, that you could never do what the stuff that, that Pastor Troy does. You could never do the stuff that, that I'm talking about. And I, and I just declare that even in your weakness, that God is going to be seen as strength. And, and I, what I see is if you would just pray this prayer, just say, Father, speak to me and I will obey. Speak to me. Your servant is listening. Father, speak to me. I will obey. Speak to me. Your servant is listening. For people that pray that prayer, I am telling you, mm. you're gonna get you're gonna get little assignments from the Lord yep. with big outcomes. That's what I just heard. I, I heard little assignments, big, big outcomes. Good. And it's like you're gonna be so scared the first time you do it. The second time you do it, you're gonna be so excited. And I just see that. I see that for so many people watching right now, little assignments big outcomes. Father, I bless each and every person here. Lord, I thank you that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I bless the sons and daughters of God today. I pray that they would be inspired and encouraged, that they'd be filled with the courage they need today to do what you've called them to do in Jesus name. Amen. Wow. <laughs> Pastor Darren Stott, I sure do love you, man. 
Lead Pastor too, Seattle Revival Center. And uh, I think that you guys are in the Newcastle area. Is that correct? We are. Yeah. Dude, I remembered that because I just thought that was prophetic as well. Newcastle, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm weird like that. And then also, too, man, you're the founder of Supernaturalist Ministries. And people can get a hold of you by going to darrenstott.com. Uh, they can also see the videos. You, you have lots of videos that you put together in your podcast and you show those things in your podcast. I, I would encourage everybody. I've, I've gone through. I've seen all those videos and I just sit there. And I'm just like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So encouraged about that. And then also, dude, you and I are going to be together. And I don't remember what, I think August 23rd through August 30th, we're having something called Week of Awakening, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's the 23rd through the 30th. We've got Steve Swanson leading worship all week. Libby Gordon, Tony Kemp, Jeremy Nelson, Charlie Champ, Brian Guerin, Richard Gordon, and Pastor Troy Brewer. So it's going to be, it really is going to be a week of awakening. And we are declaring, just like you see it there, the time is now. The time is now. Okay. If people want to attend to that, what do they need to do? Or is, can they get information from your website or what? Yeah. Next week, um, all the information will be going out on that. Okay. Um, okay. We will be running 50% of our of capacity for our building. And okay. so we're going we're gonna to be running um, about 400 Yes. And so um, uh, we will require registration, uh, which I actually think is kind of cool because there's going to be, uh, we, we've, we've never been a registration. We've never done this before for conferences. It's been years since we've charged registration. But I think one of the cool things is that when you register, you make a commitment. Yeah. And I think for people that make a commitment, uh, that what they're going to find is that there's going to be a new level of authority and responsibility that they receive. I really believe that this is going to be a week of commissioning not just awakening, but awakening and commissioning, so that when people leave here, they're they're going to be able they're going to be able to get right back on assignment. So that that's is what this, I'm leaving for. Is this also going to be something that you can watch online? Is it pay per view or something like that? Can people join us? It'll be free. Order? Yeah, it'll be free on YouTube and Facebook. Seattle Bible Center um, dot com. You'll be able to get okay. links to all that, so uh, you can watch well. from. I would encourage everybody to do that. I've got a lot of friends up in your neck of the woods in the Portland area and also in the Seattle area, tons and tons and tons of people. And I want to talk to all my peeps and say, hey, man, come out. I double dog dare you. Register and come on out because the seating is limited. But man, I think I'm going to be on. Am I going to be on Monday night and Tuesday morning? Is that my part of that? You are. Yeah, okay. you are. Monday night and Tuesday morning of that week, August the 24th, I think that is, right? So, yeah, yeah, you got it. And then okay. also, if, uh, if people could be praying for us, we're going to be taking a, a, a team into Portland for, uh, for four days, um, August 13th through the 16th. And so we're going to be hitting it kind of like we did with CHOP. And we have uh, a team in there. Um, spent, we'll probably spend close to 30 hours working with the protesters, being in the riots, gas masks, the whole, the whole thing, building relationship, ministering to people. It's going to be pretty crazy. So people can remember us in prayer. We're really believing to, sh to shut that thing down. <laughs> you go, man. I want you to know, man, we're going to, we're going to be standing and praying with you. As a matter of fact, this coming Friday night, me and my teams are doing an all night long prayer and awesome. all night long. We're, yeah, we're doing 24 hours of praise and worship. And, uh, my my I'm leading from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. I don't know who stuck me with that time slot. But go to 
I'm, I'm not going to talk with somebody about that. But anyway, uh, I promise you, brother, that we will put you and your teens at the top of our list, the same top of all of our friends that are all over the world saving girls out of sexual trafficking. I'm going to do. I'm going to put you right there at the top of that, and That'd be we awesome. will come before the throne, man. That'd hey, be listen. awesome. Thank you. Hey, listen, thank you so much for joining me, man. I call you blessed, man. Thank you so much, my friend. You're love awesome. You, love, love you, Troy. Love you, church. Bless you guys. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market. And I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible and you're so supportive and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's the darrenshow.com. That's the darrenshow.com. You can give it one star and that means that you think it's kind of lame or you can give it five stars. And that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's the darrenshow.com. Thanks guys.